but you don't get to leave the workshop. You have to stay, <laughs> okay. and we're going to do the work now. You're listening to Pinpork, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to episode 4 of PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers and PIM professionals. I'm your host, Thomas Sjöberg, and every second Tuesday we come together to share knowledge, experiences and challenges. If you're wondering about what PIM is, PIM is a solution where you can manage all product marketing information in one place and create a rich customer experience in all your channels and shorten time to market. But if you are new to PIM and want to know more, I would recommend you to listen into the first episode, What is PIM? This podcast is something that we want to do together with you. So if you have any ideas of topics or guests that you would like us to cover on the show, please contact us. And uh, you can always email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. But now it's time to talk to Eva O'Reilly from L'Oreal. Welcome Eva O'Reilly to Pimtalk. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So could you just start to tell uh, us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, what you're doing at L'Oreal, where you presently work? Yes, well, um, I've been working in digital, say, online e-commerce for about 15 years now. Landed in it purely by accident, because I'm actually an historian. Um, I have been at L'Oreal now for just over two years, and uh, am, have been responsible for the rollout of uh, In River Pim across the Nordics. Okay. And I know you live in Copenhagen, but uh, you don't sound Danish. I'm, uh, I'm a mix. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, Danish, English, Irish. That's right. where the name comes from as well. So have you been living in the Nordics for a long time? or? Um... Oh, yes. Um, well, I was born in England and we moved uh, to Denmark when I was almost four. Um, apart from a short stint in Saudi Arabia, we were there until I uh, went to... Wales to go to university when I was 17. Um, I came back to Denmark about 10 years ago after uh, Wales and there was a year in France and four years in Spain and a lot of time in the States. So uh, I'm very happy to be home again. I've, I've done my traveling. Okay. So you mentioned that you have been in the e-com business for around 15 years. So before L'Oreal, where, where have you been uh, before? Well, uh, I was at Lego. Okay. I was at Lego for uh, for two years. I was at Bestseller for uh, four years uh, in their e-com division. Um, I also worked at Email Platform, uh, which is an email marketing uh, software. Um, and uh, it started, uh, all of it began when I uh, started my own uh, online estate agency in Spain. All right. So uh, that was my that was my first experience of how important it is when you want to get people to commit to something online that you have fantastic content and can provide it to them very easily. Okay. So, what would you say is the biggest changes that has been since you started towards uh, where we are today with ecom? 
Well, the smartphone certainly had a huge impact. Um, I mean, when when I started, everything was done on uh, your PC. No one had ever even heard of the tablet in uh, in a technological sense. Uh, I mean, flip having a flip phone was uh, was super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one would ever have thought that you know we would carry these devices where we could just do anything and everything we wanted, including buying, you know, pretty much whatever you want, just as you walk down the street. Um, mm. And I think as, uh, as e-commerce people, we've had to adapt to that by not just by providing content that is readable in all of these new formats, um, but also by recognizing that um, the kind of content you need to provide depends a lot on the device people will access it. So uh, you mentioned that uh, you have been responsible for implementing PIM at uh, L'Oreal uh, in the Nordics, right? Yes. And uh, I mean, L'Oreal, it's, it's a well-known uh, company and you have a lot of brands. I don't know. I'm not that into cosmetics, but uh, what are the major <laughs> brands that you have? Yeah, um, well, um, we're, the, we're the number one uh, beauty company in the world. We have, um, we have four separate divisions, um, and each of those operates like it's its own little company. So it's like working for four companies under one roof. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, L'Oreal Paris from the uh, consumer products mass market brand is very known. There's Garnier, Maybelline. Luxury, we have Lancome, Yves Saint Laurent, um, all the professional products, which is mainly for hairdressers. There's Kerastase, Redkin, uh, Matrix. And then also we have Active Cosmetics, which are the ones sold in pharmacies like Vichy and La Roche-Posay. Okay. So is the head office in, in France or where is uh, the head yes. office globally? Yes. The, uh, the head office is in Paris. Um, okay. So it's uh, it's very nice to go to uh, seminars and conferences at head office. Yeah, I can understand. You get a few days in Paris. So do they refer to the brands as uh, Les Maisons? No. Uh, no. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, may maybe they do there, um, <laughs> but uh, I haven't heard it. They yet. don't enforce it to uh, to the Nordics. No. So introducing a PIM in a multi-brand company, I guess there are many different stakeholders and many people that you need to involve in such a process. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit about how, how you started off with this and who was you know, involved in the project. Yes, I mean, um, everything was, had uh, already been decided um, when I arrived, okay. um, but it had been decided and then it was sort of sitting there because there was no one uh, really to to take care of it. Um, mm -hmm. Then we got a new CMO, um, he brought me in and uh, then we, we took it from there. Um, because we have uh, four divisions and about 30 brands in the Nordics, we decided that we would roll it out one division at a time. Okay. Because uh, then we could also use the learnings that we had from each division to make the next one hopefully uh, faster and easier. Um, so we started. Uh, we started with mass market brands. Um, it was my wish, and and still is, that the product managers should be the ones doing the work in the system. 
because they're the ones who have the biggest knowledge of their product. Um, they're also the ones who are already doing all the work to make sure that the product is available offline. So it makes sense that the e-commerce part should also fall under them. Okay. And uh, when it comes to things like copywriting and so on, are they doing that or do they have people doing that for them that they then approve or how does that work? Well, it depends because with, um, with some of the products, we get a certain amount of information from the brand's uh, headquarters, okay. whether that's in, in Paris or the US, depending on, depending yeah. on the brands. Um, and in that case, then we can do a translation from there and adapt it to the Nordics. Um, for some products, we also have to go through a scientific validation process because there's a lot of stuff you can say in the States, which you can't say in the Nordics, especially not in Sweden. Okay. Um, but when, when we don't get that information, then uh, the product managers are a little bit on their own uh, okay. to try and make up the description. And uh, it varies from division to division how it's been done in the past. Um, what we are bringing in now is a translation agency, LanguageWire, and we're uh, using their in-river connector so that we can have everything taking place within the systems. So we don't have you know, giant Excel sheets floating around and no one's quite sure, is this the final version? Because I saw one that said final, but this one says final, final. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and no one, you know, maybe somebody, um, we rotate a lot internally um, in L'Oreal, so maybe somebody saved something somewhere and then they didn't get it handed over to the next person and now no one knows where the, you know, stuff yeah. is. So the more we can keep things within the system, um, the easier, the faster it is. Okay. So we have... Uh, product managers, the digital managers. We work very closely with the um, e-key account managers because they're the ones um, who are in touch, of course, with, with the retailers. Um, what we have brought in is that they now have in me a single point of contact for any content that's missing or, you know, or that has errors, uh, which of course can happen. Um, because it makes it a lot faster for them that they just have, they know exactly where to go. They don't have to spend time trying to find out, remember who is the product manager for L'Oreal Paris hair care. Okay. So that was the first time I heard the, um, the E key account manager position. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I haven't heard of that anywhere else either. So, um, so, so in your case, you're getting quite a lot of information centrally uh, when it comes to product descriptions, I guess, imagery, and so on, basic data, and then you translate and localize it. Um, is there other things that, that you do when it comes to enrichment or, or preparing? What are the different steps in preparing the products for going out in the Nordic um, channels and to the Nordic retailers, would you say? Well, we've put a lot of effort into making sure that our pack shots are of very good quality and very consistent in the way that they're shot. Because when I came, there was no process, there was no consistency. You could have the same, say you have a, a lipstick range with maybe 20 different lipsticks. 
those lipsticks could be shot maybe four different ways. And when you see it online uh, in the merchandising, it looks very confusing, very messy, and it makes it look cheap when it's okay. when it's messy like that. And yes, of course, some of our mass mass market products are um, reasonably priced, cheap, but that doesn't mean they need to look cheap. You still need to look like you know you're getting something nice. You're getting good makeup that you want, which will make you you know get get the look that, that you want. Okay, so for someone that are not familiar with the term, what is a pack shot? A pack shot is a um, an image, uh, a photograph of the product. So if you're on um, if you're on an e-commerce website and you click on the product and you see a picture of it, that's the pack shot. Okay, so it's not necessarily um, an image that contains many products or products in a certain environment. It can just be the picture of the actual. Just the picture of the product. So if okay. it's lipstick, just the lipstick. Oh, okay, um, I see. Yeah. And uh, so we have spent a lot of time working out this process for, okay, how do we shoot lipsticks? Yeah. Exactly how many shots do we need? We need one where it's open, you can see the color, one where it's closed, so you can see the little container that you get, one where you have a sort of um, a swatch or a, you know, a texture shot where you can really, really see the color and you can get a sense for the feel of you know what it is that you're going to put on your face is it is it matte is it rough is it smooth is it is it a gloss no to give as much information as you possibly can because when you buy beauty online if if it doesn't work if you don't like it you can't really send it back because it's already been used okay so you're either stuck with it or you give it to a friend or you end up throwing it away and then you're annoyed that you've you know, wasted money on it so we have to try as much as possible to recreate what it is that you would do in store when you go and, uh, and buy a, a makeup product. We had the pleasure of having you as one of the speakers at our Pinpoint conference, uh, our big user and partner conference in, uh, in Malmö a couple of months ago. And I know that you showed how you, you use the PIM process to improve and make the e-com experience more consistent. Could you tell us a little bit about that, what you did and uh, what the result was before and after? Uh, yes. And uh, first of all, thank you again for inviting me to, uh, to speak at Pinpoint. That was such an amazing experience. Um, so, I mean, it, is, it does all boil down to the sort of product enrichment process um, that we have this pack shot process, that we have a clearly defined process for product descriptions, product translations, that we have um, set up fields in, in River where we can list the product attributes based on a particular field set. So if it's a, um, let's say it's a face cream, for instance, uh, we have a special uh, field set for face cream. And then when the product managers come to enrich the product, they then have certain criteria to choose from, which is only relevant for face cream. So that could be, for example, um, is this for dry skin, normal skin? Is this anti-age? Is this for women in their 30s, their 40s? Um, information like that, which is not relevant for, say, something like a mascara, which would then have its own field set. Okay. So for, for us, it's, it's this big uh, 
enrichment process, what we have is we have an automated integration to our SAP system. So InRiver runs through SAP every night and picks up on new new products, um, new new items. Speaking in the in, in River language, yeah. Um, anything the that, yeah. Yes, uh, anything that is um, maybe now um, uh, delisted in a certain market, anything that has been updated in any kind of way. And, uh, and that information is then visible to the product managers when they go into the system. Uh, so they can see what it is that they have to enrich and also because they know when their products are launching. So um, Luxury, for example, is already now working on their Christmas boxes. Okay. Um, so they can have them, they're live in SAP and they were sent to InRiver uh, last night, actually. Okay. Um, so they can start working on those now so they can be in really good time to make sure that when the retailers are ready to sell the Christmas boxes, that they have had the time that they need to get them set up in their CMS. Okay. So we have set up an internal deadline where we say everything has to be ready in and river two months before launch. PIM stands for Product Information Management and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So here I have a question, and uh, this is something that I um, have met um, from, from many prospects. They wonder, how do we handle launch dates and so on? How do we schedule when products are going to pop up on the website uh, and so So where do you do, do that? Do you add any dates uh, inside the PIM, or is it managed in the e-commerce um, solution, or how do you... What's the process when you're actually going to get the product out to the website? Hmm. Well, for us, the dates are uh, managed in the e-commerce solution because we have to send the products to the retailers before the launch date. Okay. Otherwise, they won't have the time they need to set them up uh, in their own CMS. Um, so what our process is that we have a list of uh, completeness criteria in the system. And once... A product reaches 100% completeness, it's then sent to our content store where the retailers can then go in and download the new launches. And okay. the retailers are very, very on top of what is launching and they're in dialogue um, with their key account managers. So if something is missing and they you know, need it because they have to get it online, they're very, very good at reaching out and saying, I need this pack shot because maybe they need to set things up um, earlier than usual, or maybe they've discovered that they think there's an error in something. So it's also about the PIM allows us to have a much closer relationship with the retailers when it comes to the e-commerce content. So how... Oh, sorry, before we were sending things to them, no, drop boxes, uh, spreadsheets and it was just this big you know, bulk that was delivered um, 
but there was apart from their key account manager they had no real you know where to go if if things weren't working okay so yeah you, you you use the content store to distribute that uh, all that product content but how do um the retailers know when to go into the content store when do how do they know that there is new stuff there well that part um i would love to see a way that we could sort of automate it um to let them know now there is is something new um and if i were to give any um technical feedback to winriver i would say you need to uh change the setup of the content store a little bit so that the new products show up first okay because at the moment um we we can't do that so a lot of times if they just go in and don't look they still you know they see the same products and they don't think anything new has been added um, so yeah. that be a a very uh, relevant change yeah i think um, it's i'm going to make sure that it's in the, in the feature request list if it's not because uh, what we see also is that um brand owning companies like you they they want to they want to customize the content store more to to give a better experience and support for the retailers that are, are getting information so so that is something that we uh continuously working on yeah i know i know emil have i think put in a feature request um but you can add your voice to it as well yeah but but as far as the dates go i mean the um the the retailers work with um they don't get the information from the content store that things are ready but they work with their key account managers to know when is launch approaching when can you deliver yeah when when do we need it yeah i guess uh, in your so case you have a pretty close relationship in in between the key account uh, managers and the retailers because there is uh, yes, many different so touch points uh, that you need to maintain there yes and the key account managers also spend a lot of time in the content store all right looking for the new launches i was about to ask you if you needed to provide the information in many different ways to the retailers in different formats and so but is your response that they go in and they get the information themselves so you don't need to do that anymore or do you still need to maintain a lot of different templates and go into yeah Well it it varies a bit from retailer to retailer. I mean there are some um who are happy to take just what we can provide. The one uh naming convention that all the retailers actually can agree on is that every pack shot is named with EAN code and then underscore whatever comes afterwards. Um but for whatever comes afterwards they don't have a naming convention. Okay. Uh, so some of them would like it named in uh, in one way and some of them in uh, in another way. Um and then we have uh, we have some uh, key account managers who are more accommodating than others. Um but I mean for us unfortunately we don't have the resources to make sure that everyone can have things the exact way that they want it. Um So what we're doing at the moment is what is going into the content store is the original high resolution photos. Okay. Which um more and more retailers are are asking for. They really want big photos. Um so I think they must be using them for prints because to use, you know, giant photos on the website just 
doesn't make yeah, sense. Print or I don't know, in store uh, material. Yeah. Signage and so on. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, so that's what we're providing. Um, and the majority of them, I, I must say, they're, they're happy to then take them and then scale them down however they do it okay. in their own. So how many retailers do you have? I would say um, probably, I mean, I would say there's probably at least um, 50 or so across the four Nordic countries. Um, we add new ones all the time. Um, some of them are very big omni-channel players. Some of them are what we call pure players, that they're just uh, online. And, uh, and some of them are, are smaller and, and just starting out. Uh, but uh, yeah, oh, some, somewhere around that. And what about marketplaces like Amazon and uh, eBay or, or so? Do you provide, do you sell through them as well? Um, we we do uh, have a good relationship with Amazon, but that's not managed. Uh, that's nothing that we have anything to do with here in the Nordics. Okay. Um, that's all done uh, from uh, from Paris. Yeah. Uh, when when Amazon does come to the Nordics, then I think we might get involved. Um, but uh, but until then, no, that that's a Paris thing. Yeah, I I hear that they can, will come to Denmark first, right? Oh, I heard they were coming to Sweden first. Oh, okay. but, uh, so let's see. <laughs> yeah. I know it's important for you to sync the online and offline sales when it comes to product releases and so on. So how do you make sure that you are in sync with that? Well, actually, um, that is, uh, is one of our biggest challenges at the moment. Um, and uh, we have a lot of change management that has to take place in the organization because of it. At the moment, um, all of the product managers are measured on getting a product to market in a physical store. Okay. So even though everyone is very, very focused on e-commerce at L'Oreal, um, because no one is really held accountable for e-commerce who sits with this, then it has a tendency to sometimes get a little bit forgotten. Um, so trying to find the way uh, to ensure that e-commerce is just as important and just as high up in everyone's minds as uh, as the physical stores are is uh, is a challenge that we're working on at the moment. Um, what we're looking at is to make it a part of the KPIs for the product managers that a product is not just available for sale if it's in store, but it also has to be available online um, because we can see the retailers are extremely focused on having things available at the same time. Um, yeah. And uh, we know that they will pull the products um, if they can't sell them online as well. Yeah. So, so, so how can PIM uh, help you with that, would you say? Well, the feedback that we've had from, uh, from some of the retailers is that since uh, we've had the PIM and they have been working with the content store, they save on average um, three days per product so where it's uh, before might take them three days to actually get a product online. Now okay. they can do it um, just in a few hours, which of course makes for a much faster time to market. And I think the huge benefit of the PIM is that everything you need is in one place. Yeah. You know exactly where it is. You know exactly who to go to if something is missing. And you know that everything that is there lives up to the criteria that you need and that you want. Yeah. And that's a huge time saver. Well, 
you work in the Nordics and I'm a bit curious, is there a lot of differences in between the Nordic countries and do you prepare the content or do you have different assortments by market or how does that work? Um, we do have different assortments by market. That's also something that is uh, clearly marked uh, in Inriver. Uh, the way that we have done it is, uh, of course, an assortment is based on SKU, uh, on an EAN. So on the item level in Inriver, we have it clearly marked which market this product is available in, uh, which of course also has an impact when we do the translations. If a product is not available in Norway, then we don't need to spend time and money doing a Norwegian translation. Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge for us, definitely, and language uh, PIM-wise, is Finland. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And the, all the words are so much longer. So Exactly. And I mean, if, if you understand one Nordic language, you can more or less read the other two. Yeah. And get maybe not the, the full meaning. I mean, I wouldn't... Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to read surgical manuals or legal documents in Swedish, <laughs> um, but uh, but for a lipstick description, I, I think I could see if something was, you know, really, really yeah. wrong. Um, but for Finland, uh, unless you speak Finnish, you know, you have really no idea. You have no idea what the translation agency sent to you. It can be... Exactly. Um, and also because uh, apparently there are so many nuances in the Finnish that one word can mean sort of lots of different things depending on its context. Um, Finnish translations have, once they have been you know, done and um, let's say we have a product that needs a scientific validation, like um, a face cream to make sure that we're not claiming anything that we're not legally allowed to claim. Like, you, know, you can't say removes wrinkles, for example. Okay. No. You can say things like... You can say it in some countries, perhaps. I don't know. Now, you can say um, visibly reduces appearance of wrinkles. Okay. Sort of that, that kind of nuance. Um, so once that's been validated by a scientific and translated, the Finnish translation actually has to go back for another validation mm -hmm. by a Finnish scientific to make 100% sure that there is no tiny little nuance that could somehow be misunderstood. Okay. You started to implement PIM in one of the divisions, and I guess you learned a lot of things uh, doing that that you can bring with you when you're doing this in the other divisions. So what was the key learnings, would you say? Well, I would say definitely that, um, well, what, what we did with the first division was um, they had gathered all of the content we needed, the translations, the pack shots. We uploaded everything to PIM. We had a uh, sort of half-day workshop where we went through the system with them and we showed them the tasks that they would need to do in order to uh, mark a product as completed, send it to the content store. Then we gave them a deadline and sort of you know, just let them get on with it. That was a huge mistake. Okay. <laughs> Right. Um, because, um, you know, that deadline, it kept coming up and people hadn't done the work and it just kept moving. So for the next division, um, I don't think it was because people just didn't want to do the work because, I mean, the work in itself is very simple. PIM is a very, very easy system to work in. I think it's, it's 
very user friendly. And once you know the structure, then the structure is exactly the same, whether it's a product or an item or a product range. Okay. But it was just, no, oh, yes, well, we know, but we're so busy and I have so many other things. And um, so for the next divisions, we said, okay, we have uploaded all the content. We are doing the workshop, but you don't get to leave the workshop. You have to stay <laughs> okay. and we're going to do the work now. All right. So instead of you know, giving them three months to go and uh, make sure the products were correct, we sat there and did it in, uh, in two days. Okay. Yeah, just like a big you know, developer's coding session. Yeah, like a hackathon. Yeah. Um, but um, but that, that worked much better because they had blocked time out of their otherwise incredibly busy days where it was very clear, now you will do this. Um, and we had to have the support uh, from the managers, of course, um, and from the um, divisional directors you know, to block a lot of people for uh, effectively two, maybe three days. But that, but that worked um, also because... I was with them, so if they had any questions, if there was something they hadn't remembered or hadn't quite understood when we did the first presentation, I was right there to help them. Okay. Or if something was missing, it, it was very you know, quick for us to add it, to fix it. Uh, I don't know how far you have come with the second division now, but do you have learnings from the second division that you will apply to the third division already? Or uh... Oh, well, we've, we've onboarded all divisions now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we learned uh, from the second one, which we took to the third one, was, well, the second one was a small division. Um, the third one was the luxury division, which was much bigger. So we thought, well, we can't block you for a week. Okay. Um, but we can block you for small sessions over a few weeks, maybe, maybe three hours, maybe four hours. And then we learned that doing it that way worked very well if we promised them cake. <laughs> Okay. So we said, okay, so tomorrow we have an in-river workshop. There will be cake, there will be smoothies, there will be, you know, fresh fruit and, and okay, all of this. So that's the secret. That's the secret. Give them cake and they will cut. <laughs> um, but, uh, but again, though, that worked because then they could choose. We had a lot of sessions over a period of two weeks and they could then you know, choose the ones that suited them best. We did ones you know, for maybe two brands at a time. So it was very focused. We had some uh, extra people in to help doing you know, very basic things, which were nevertheless time consuming. For example, um, on, an, on an item level, we have a field called main color. Okay. So that if you are on a retailer's website and you search for you know, red lipstick, then our red lipstick will pop up because it's been marked. Um, when you have a lipstick range with, you know, 150 shades, that's... Uh, yeah, that's there are a lot of different uh, shades of red lipsticks. Yes, but you don't need a knowledge of the brand to be able to look at a photo and say, okay, this is red this is yeah. or this is pink. Uh, so we got a lot of um, people who were willing to come and help um, with the promise of, uh, of cake and smoothies. <laughs> All right, so if you haven't learned anything else from today's session, uh, remember the cake. That can make uh, miracles in the PIM implementation, apparently. Definitely. I think that's a good way of uh, ending this talk, and I'm very happy Eva, that you uh, could join me here. 
And I would also like to ask you uh, if you have a particular topic or a guest that you would recommend us to have on the show. Um, well, I would recommend um, maybe having some talks with some of the In River partners. Yeah. Um, and I can certainly recommend our fantastic In River partner, Emil. Um, yeah. Because the help that, that the right partner can give you um, is, is fantastic. I mean, you, can't, you really can't put a price on, on having the right partner. Um, and so maybe, yes, a, 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 se a session with a partner to show what exactly you get from your in-river partner, what they can do to you. Because sometimes we actually get the question, why would we need a partner if in river is that easy to configure and work with? I mean, why would we need someone helping us? And we have IT competence uh, in-house and all of that. So, uh. yeah, I mean, I, I think the uh, our, our partnership with Emil has certainly been fantastic because they spent so much time getting to know our setup, how yeah. you know our business works, how we need our products to function within this system. They didn't you know, just say, well, this is, the, this is the solution that we see. They really took the time to make sure it was perfect for us. Okay, but great. So thank you so much again, Eva, and um, see you around. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, and uh, yeah, talk to you later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, for feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pimptalk at inriver.com or send a message at Twitter at pimptalkpodcast. If you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow pimptalk at Instagram. If you like the show, please go into iTunes and give us some good reviews and also spread the word about the podcast to your colleagues, partners, and so on. And see you again in two weeks. Bye. Yeah.